Let's um, have up our scripture, Romans 12, verse 2. And uh, this morning I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So let's just do a recap for a moment. When we make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, our spirit is recreated, it is born again, and we are right with God. But our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, they are still exactly the same prior to that moment, that life-changing moment of allowing God to be Lord and Saviour of our life. But we are still the same until we, um, until we step into an ongoing intentional process with discipline, determination and desire to renew our mind. So before I was born again or had my spirit recreated, I may have been grumpy, I may have been negative... And crude, and after um, I've been prayed for, I am still negative, grumpy, and crude. Now, does that reflect Jesus in any way? No, not at all. And so, as we walk along our Christian life, and as we become discipled, we the plan is that we will become more like Jesus, that we will reflect him so that our grumpiness, will there will be less of that. Our negativity, will there will be less of that and our crudeness will go as well so that we then become changed, we become transformed into the person that Jesus Christ died to allow us to live. So as a Christian, we can live a miserable life. We can make selfish decisions. We can live with frustration. Or we can choose to partner with the Holy Spirit and have our lives changed by renewing our mind. That means that the thoughts that we currently have that are actually bringing us down... We need to partner. Let me tell you, it's partnering with the Holy Spirit. We need to step in and say, this is what I want to do. Remember that God gave us right at the beginning a free will. So he doesn't take over our minds once our spirit has been recreated. No, we can still choose to think however we want to think. It's completely up to us. But if we want to live the life of fulfilment, the life of joy, the life that he died and intended us to live, then that means that we have to partner with him and be transformed into his likeness. It needs to be deliberate and it needs to be purposeful. It doesn't just happen. Do you realise that we have control about, of what we think about? 
You know, I sort of thought, you know, a long, long time ago that really thoughts just came in and went and, but, you know, and you just find yourself daydreaming and thinking about something. But just because that happens to all of us, it doesn't mean that we need to allow those thoughts to stay there. We need to grab hold of them and we need to bring them into obedience of Christ Jesus. But more of that a little bit later. So our minds... And our thought life, this is still just recapping on what Marty said. Our minds and our thoughts are not changed by information. Okay? Not by information. Information is good. And I know that we have many, many intellectual people here, many smart people in this room. But information does not change us. It needs to go another step. So in my backpack, you know, I could be reading the Bible in a year. I could be, you know, sort of like reading lots and lots and lots of the Bible. But if I don't actually stop and do anything with the information that I am gathering, then that just means that I know a lot, but I'm not doing anything with it. In fact, in a discussion, you know, we can have a discussion about the information that we know, but if you look closer to my life, you will see that I'm not even allowing that information to soak in and and do anything or change anything about me. And so, you know, like I could have, you know, my great big old smelly concordance, but it's, it's a good one. You know, I can have my... Um, you know, my, I, I love this Bible because there's the Greek words in it and, I, you know, I can know all about that and, uh, you know, I can have lots of information. In fact, my very favourite Bible is full of really good information. In fact, I have got bookmarks through my Bible that I absolutely love. I love to read them. You know, some of them are pretty colours. It's the whole, you know, but really, this is just a backpack of information. What are you doing with the information? Oh, I don't want my trusty Bible to be damaged in any way, so I'll just do the backpack up this way. Okay, so what are we doing with the information? It has to become revelation. There has to be an aha moment so that when I am reading my information, that what happens is that I stop and I meditate on it and then suddenly there's transformation that hits my life. Now, I remember this happening many years ago when Marty and I were first married. Um, My dad, on a a Saturday morning, used to cook up black pudding oh, man, it was great, and we used to all just... And because, you know, like there were four kids and two adults, there were six of us and only one black pudding, it was cut really finely, and we all had about the same amount, and we absolutely loved it. And so when we got married, we were going to have black pudding Saturdays. And, uh, you know, and so we just started that off, and uh, Marty didn't mind it, and, you know, so we'd cook it up, and the smell, and, you know, there were only two of us, so that meant that we could have half a black pudding each. So, you know, it was just great. Anyway, one day when I was going shopping, I met somebody um, in the aisle, and I had my black pudding, because that was a weekly purchase, in my trolley, and... uh, I know it's a bit rude when people look into your trolley. You know, sometimes, you know, you just, 
You know what I mean? You just eyes, eyes, you know, no looking, you know. Do you sort of feel like that about your trolley? You know, like your chocolates and your other things, like you... You, you put the rice on top of those and the toilet paper and other things so that they can't see all the goodies that you're buying. But anyway, this person that was in the grocery shop looked into my trolley and said, oh, it's a black pudding. Yeah. Do you know what a black pudding is? Well, I hadn't really thought about that. No, no, it's sausage or it's uh, the best meat of some animal. I don't know, but it's tasty. And... At that moment, I found out that person in the middle of the grocery aisle, I cannot believe it, told me that it was congealed blood. I had no idea. It transformed my thinking immediately. Immediately. I even went and put it back on the shelf. Thought, well, that's the end of that. And I've never had it since. Because, you know, like the information of just enjoying something, you know, and I didn't, the meditation was good, but the, the, the aha moment brought the transformation into my life to, to completely change it. That's what I believe God is wanting for us as we meditate on his word that it becomes a series of aha moments where we turn from the direction that we're walking in, from the words that we are speaking, from the attitudes that we are carrying, from the desires that we have, and there's an aha moment that we recognise that this isn't in alignment with the way that God wants me to live. And so we turn a degree and we get closer to him. Another word for meditation in the dictionary is rumination. And uh, rumination is what a cow does when it chews its cud. When it eats some grass, chews all she can and then swallows it. And it sits in one of her stomachs for a while and then later she burps it back up and uh, it comes up with renewed flavour. The cow chews on it again and then swallows it. That's remuneration. Uh, not remuneration. <laughs> Rumination. The cow is straining every ounce of nourishment out of that grass. That's what meditation is. Maybe you could just hold that picture in your mind as you read the word. And you think, look, I want every bit of nourishment to come out of the word. I want to know what it is today, how this scripture is going to affect me, how I'm going to change, what does it mean to me. I'm not just going to have my 10-minute Bible reading or my one-year Bible plan reading. Has anybody done that, reading the Bible in a year? Yeah, you know, I've tried it. I've tried it. And I, look, honestly, I think for somebody it was a great idea. And if you've got lots of time, do you know what? I think it's wonderful. So I'm not being negative about it. But, you know, as I was starting it for the year, 
there are so many chapters that you have to read and then by the time you've read it, I need to get on with my day. So I don't even have time to even stop and think about what is being read. And then, you know, because I'm one of these people that like to cross things off my list, even as I'm reading and I'm thinking, wow, that's a really interesting thing there. It's like, oh, no, I've only got so much time. I've got to read my seven chapters for the, for the day or my ten chapters or whatever it is, and I just keep going. And then by the time I've finished it and feeling like, oh, well, I've done that, I've actually got nothing out of it. It's meditating, it's ruminating on the scripture that is highlighted for you. It might be one verse. You might read a chapter. You might read about a person's life, you know, like in the Old Testament. It's amazing, you know, like the the stories of people. And but you just stop. You know, there is no race to get through the Bible. Do you know there is no prize for that at the end? No big gold star, no big trophy. It's what you place in your life and what you activate and you are transformed by, and how you look like Jesus at the end, it's all about that. It's not about how much information you can store. You know, I think this is absolutely beautiful. Our um, granddaughter, Sienna, who's eight, we FaceTime, she's in Adelaide, and you know, she is reciting the whole of um, Ephesians 6, putting the armour of God on. And do you know what? It's wonderful. And she she says it so fast and she's looking straight at us and, you know, and I'm just like the proud Mimi as I listen to it, but she hasn't got a clue what she's saying. (laughs) Not a clue. I think we can be like that. Yeah, like we just let the scriptures just roll off our tongues, but in actual fact, it's not done anything for our lives. For the grumpy, negative, crude person, and I don't think you're here today, so we can talk about you. <laughs> the Philippians 4.8 in the New Living Translation, it says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do you know that scripture alone shouldn't just be a one-day meditation scripture? Like how many of those words, you know, thinking about what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely, like we've got to get that in to our soul so that it actually transforms us so that... When we do feel grumpy and negative, we can actually flip it and we can grab hold of those rogue thoughts and say, you know what, I'm just not going to go there. I know that that's happening, but I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to think on the good things about that situation. We've got to be intentional. And I believe that God will bring fresh, revelant, Revelation to our minds. It will be personal to you. And you will become more like him. So I just want to look at the lame man by the pool of Bethesda. And so in John 5, 
reading from verse 2. It says, Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralysed, laid on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected and they said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Okay, so this man had been affected by his infirmity for 38 years. Imagine how he felt. Now, the Bible doesn't say that he had been sitting at the pool for 38 years, but he had certainly been inflicted with whatever it was that was in his body. Do you think that he was feeling disappointed by his life? He would be able to see his friends doing different things, but he wasn't able to because he was lame or he was sick or blind. It wasn't the way he thought his life would be. Perhaps he felt resentful or angry, bitter, probably just plain miserable. And, uh, you know, as I was preparing the message this morning, I thought, you know, there are people here this morning and you've been in that place, possibly not for 38 years, but you didn't expect that your life would turn out the way that it has. Perhaps you're divorced, perhaps you instigated it, or maybe you didn't, but really that's just what happened. Maybe you're estranged estranged from your children or grandchildren. You've been betrayed by someone you trusted, had false accusations. There's injustice within the workplace. Resentful, not having children or being able to get married. You're disillusioned, you just keep getting overlooked. Being bullied at school or in the workplace. Got an ongoing illness or a disability. You've just been treated dishonestly or wrongfully, mistreated by your parents, victim of mental or emotional, sexual, physical, verbal abuse. Maybe you're trapped in a miserable marriage. Perhaps you are like that man by the pool of Bethesda. You're there looking at other people. And it just wasn't supposed to be like that. So this is the mat. And um, so instead of your life being vast and big and fulfilled, you have found that the circumstances of your life have actually 
made your life incredibly small. Perhaps you're sitting on your mat and you're blind. You're blind because of the filters that you are looking through. You're unable to see, either permanently or temporarily. And you're guarded, but you are definitely blind from the freedom that God wants you to have and you don't know what to do about it. Perhaps, like those other people at the Pool of Bethesda, perhaps you're lame and it's been because of an injury or an illness. You're living a small life on this mat. You don't want to be hurt again and uh, so you can control this amount of your life and so you're not getting off your mat. But this is your life. Maybe you're paralysed. Maybe you've had something catastrophic that has happened in your life and it's actually pushed you into a place where you actually feel that you are paralysed. It's like whatever happened poisoned you. It's taken the joy out of your life. There's an injury, but you are absolutely stuck. You can't move and you really feel like there is no one to help you. It's so quiet in this room. Are you okay? <laughs> There's no denying that something happened to you. No denying that there has been a great deal of pain that has taken place. In fact, maybe that pain even occurred in a Christian environment. And for some reason, that's even worse. But this morning, from our passage that we've read in John, I want to say that Jesus is coming this morning and he's asking you the same question that he asked that man by the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to get well? Do you know, I think that some of our pain in life is from the fact that we hold on to what has taken place. And so in the end, we end up carrying this big backpack. Do you know, it's quite heavy. And as each situation happens or as each reaction takes place, we just load it into our backpack and we just keep carrying it. And, you know, I think that all of that makes us sick because we weren't ever designed to carry the emotional weight, the mental stress. You know, if I walked around with this for the next month... I would probably have a very sore back. Um, perhaps my legs would really ache. I'm wondering about my internal organs, what would be happening. Some of you have sickness in your body because of the weight of circumstances that have taken place in your life. And Jesus wants to come this morning and say, do you want to be well? You might think that you have no control in being able to answer that because there are so many other circumstances that are tying you to where you are at 
And it's like, well, yeah, I want to be well, but if, if, you know, this was taken out of my life and that was taken out of my life, then I wouldn't have such a heavy load that I would be carrying and I would be able to do that. But, do you know, the more I read the Bible and the longer I know God... I've recognised that it's not actually about what is happening out there and who is doing what. He's wanting to do more internally in us so that we are strengthened as we walk through the storms, that we are strengthened and we have peace, that we can have, we can have God's presence in us despite what is happening. And so whilst this may not be dealt with, I'm not walking with it any longer. I'm walking freely and easily and stepping towards the freedom that Jesus died to give me. You can't change your past. What has happened, has happened. There there are no miracles as far as that goes. But you can change your future. You can change today. You can make a start and life can be different. Proverbs 23.7 says that as a man thinks, so he is. We are the product, our lives are the product of what we are thinking about. And as I've already said, we choose what we think about. Now, let's look at ruminating. I've got remuneration in my mind now. Ruminating in the negative. Okay, so there's this thought. There's you, it, the experience keeps going over and over in your mind. You know that conversation, maybe that situation with that person, that... Uh, that experience that you had when you were a child, whatever it is that you are carrying in your life that is affecting the way that you are living, if you ruminate on that, so it goes round and round and round, so it's like you chew on it, you chew on it, you swallow it, you regurgitate it, you know, it comes back up, um, you know, and in this situation, it's, it's sort of coming up in a grosser form. You know, because it's like, um, you know, as things go round and round and round in your mind, like, you don't suddenly work out the answer to it. It seems as though it takes you further and further down. You spiral because of the, the negative thinking about the situation. And so it's like it, it um, you chew it and you burp it up and it's, it's gross. It's not nice. And you recognise that, you know, this negative thought pattern is not helping you. And you know what? It doesn't even look like it originally did. The thoughts and the situation have been regurgitated, embellished, obsessed over, and so it's completely different. And, you know, we think we get away with it. We think that other people won't be noticing that, uh, you know, that I've got this situation because I sort of keep my face together whenever I'm out and whatever. Do you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
we were going somewhere and uh, I can't remember exactly where we were, but I can just remember that I was dressed really nice with one of my good handbags. And, um, and Marty, uh, because we were going out in the sun, I can't even remember where we were going, he wanted to take his cap. And, uh, but he didn't want to wear his cap. Uh, he said, would you put the cap in your bag so that I can just get it out? And, you know, girls, our handbags are for men's extra bits and pieces. And so I put the cap in the bag and anyway a bit later I'm looking for something in my bag and I'm thinking oh something smells what what is that smell and I'm thinking well I don't don't know I don't know what it is but anyway I'm thinking then that I've imagined the smell and then um you know I unzip my bag and I'm it's like no there is something that smells and I picked up the cap in my good handbag pulled it out and I just sniffed it and you I'm telling you, it was so sweaty and <laughs> gross. And I said, do you realise what this smells like? He said, oh, no, no, it'll be right, it'll be right, just put it on my head, no one will know. It's like people will know because there's an odour about this. Like you have got so used to the odour that you don't even smell it. And I think that that's what happens in our lives. We get so used to the odour that is around us and the way that we react or respond or um, the way we talk. Now, the words that we're using, our attitudes, what we're... All of this, and we just think it's just us. You know, the sarcasm, the criticism, it's just like, oh... We just allow it to become part of our personality. But it was shaped by an event and it can be changed. Do you know why I know so much about this? Because I've, I've been there. I, I, I have, as I have read the word of God, I remember 30 years ago when I just came across the scripture in 2 Corinthians that tells me, that told me at that stage to take every thought captive. I remember being in a situation where there was somebody that was annoying the life out of me. And do you know, those sort of people, they just pop up everywhere in your life and you think, you know, if you were looking for them, you'd never be able to find them. But when you've got a problem with them, you're tripping over them all the time. And this is how it was. And it was like, I knew that it was wrong. I knew that I was being affected in a negative sort of a way, but I didn't know what to do about it. And I came across this scripture and it's from the, this is from the message translation, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. It's says the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massive corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. I want to tell you, we have got to grab every rogue thought, every rebellious thought that doesn't line itself up with the word of God and we need to take that captive and and 
turn our minds so that we are thinking according to the ways that God wants to us to talk. You know, like, so, um, you know, like when you're in a conversation, it's like suddenly you sort of think that you want to say something, but you know that it's right on the edge and it's probably not real complimentary, but it'll be funny. You know, right at that moment, take it captive and just make it complimentary. Each Ask. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit each and every morning. I just would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to partner with you with the way that you think. You know, we do what we can do. So by that I mean that with our thought life, we have control over our thoughts. And if you recognise that they are going off track... We need to do what we can do and ask the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the ability to keep on track, to keep going, to keep giving us that ability because, do you know, it is exhausting, it can be difficult, it can be one of those things that you just sort of think, I just can't do this. You know, it's just like the the man that was sitting on the the mat. Like, do you want to be well? Some people don't want to be well. You know, some people don't want to have to stop and take every thought captive because it takes a lot of effort because it's exhausting. But Jesus is saying, do you want to be made well? Like he's coming. It's not like a he's is doing is saying this in a harsh way he's coming to us in a sweet way recognizing that we're living in a life that we're living a life that is difficult a life that is bringing pain into our lives more and more pain than than um than what possibly even initially happened because of the thoughts that we have attached to that and he's coming gently and he's saying do you want to be well Do you want to be well? Do you want to close the book on what happened back then? Like, if you do, I want to help you. Do you you want to stop being a victim? I know that being a victim, you know, there's some pluses in being a victim, but there's also a lot of negatives. Do you want to give that status up? Because if you do, the Holy Spirit and I, God, want to give you the ability to be able to do that. Do you want to? You know, I just, I just get a picture of, do you want those chapters on that book closed? If you do, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit that is resident within you, there is a power that, that is in us to overcome The Holy Spirit wants to give us that ability if we would just partner with him every single day. So I want to encourage you, stop waiting for others to change before you say, yes, I'm willing. I don't want to minimise what's happened, but I hope you get an aha moment this morning that says, I can do something about this. I can stop those thoughts about that situation. I don't have to live my life 
on a mat. I don't have to live avoiding people or avoiding places or avoiding situations. I can actually step off my mat because I've recognised that God is with me. It's not just information that I have read, but it is something that I have meditated on. I have looked at the scriptures and I'm taking a step off my mat because I know that he is with me. I know that he will guide me. I know that in the difficult times that he will strengthen me. There's a beautiful scripture that um, I found in Philippians 4.13. Now that scripture in most um, uh, references says, you know, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And, you know, that's, that's great to be able to just, you know, stand and declare that. But we have to have the aha moment that says... Actually, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his word that I have hidden in my heart, yes, I can do those things that seem difficult. But in the Passion Translation, it says here, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty You've so graciously provided for my essential needs during this season of difficulty. Just meditate on that alone. Christ's explosive power is infused into each of us to conquer and give us the strength to be able to take those thoughts captive. Now, your path to freedom along with renewing of your mind, I just want to include, may include, you may need professional counselling. You, you may need additional strategies. I've had professional counselling and it helped me. It helped me speak out to somebody else the way I was feeling and the things that were affecting me. And you know what? With the Holy Spirit's power and with... Um, his ability, his grace. I was able to have the way I was thinking and the way I was acting because remember, our thoughts become our actions and our feelings. All of those were able to line back up with the word of God because I had someone to speak to. You might need medication. God has given people the ability to be able to... um, to bring the medications, well, to give us the medication that we need that will affect the part of our body that is suffering at the time. Whether or not you need to be on it long-term or short, I don't know. But whatever it is, do you know, to get off your mat and to live in a place where your life is large and expansive and fulfilled, where you have the joy of God in your heart, where you can really smile, not just with your face when you go out, but your heart is smiling, where there is a peace and assurance that, you know, this looks dreadful here, but God is with me and I know that it's going to be all right. Do whatever you need to do. Join a connect group. You know, our studies in the... Um, next year we're going to be on renewing of your mind. Get together with a group of people and, and start discussing this. Uh, spend, P.S., spend less time on social media. But anyway, um, 
you know, not everyone will be happy when you walk away from your past. When you close that book, not everyone will be happy. Who would have thought the Jewish leaders would have said, it's wrong for you to be carrying your mat? You know, it's the Sabbath. What are you doing? Who told you to do that? Jesus. Well, do you know what? I want to tell you, when you step off your mat and you start walking, don't ever turn around and get your mat. Leave it behind. Just got one last story before I finish. Have you ever found yourself in a random place? Um, It's out of the ordinary. And you wonder why you're there. This happened to me a little while ago. And now every time I'm somewhere random, I think, God, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to hear? Is there someone you want me to speak to? So I found myself in a very random place. And uh, I start talking to this lady. And, uh, well, she was wanting some help with something and then I just started talking to her. And our conversation um, was long. And uh, anyway, she started to tell me that many years ago she had two daughters that were walking to school and they were murdered. And uh, I thought I didn't hear her properly. And I said, murdered? Yeah, murdered. And uh, I, I didn't tell you, that, but this lady was a Christian. We had been talking about Christian things. And, uh, and anyway, because of all that we had talking about, spoken about before, I just said, how did you deal with that? Like, that is catastrophic. You two little girls, you send with your, their lunches in their bags off to school and they never come home. How, how did you cope with that? And uh, she told me that she'd had a lot of professional help to deal with that. But this is what I want you to hear. She said to me, most mornings, my fellow... Most mornings, she said, my husband and I take communion. She said, we thank God for sending Jesus and for what he did on the cross, the forgiveness that he has given us. And he said, as she said, and then we pray for that man. We pray that he will find Jesus. And we pray for his family. I said, most mornings, she said, most mornings. She said, this is how we get through the day. We put it in place and we thank God for what he's done and he's given us because we don't want to live a life that is just um, a life that we filter everything through with that incident. You know, we don't know what each other's going through. You don't know what each other's... The sum have been thrown into. Like, it hasn't been of your own making. It's something's happened. Can I just say, 
Can you show the same kindness, tenderness and grace that you would like to receive? Because in doing so, as you are learning to take your thoughts captive, other people are learning to do that too. And you could be part of the answer to somebody else getting their freedom because of your kindness. This morning, I believe Jesus is saying, do you want to be well? If you're not ready, if, if you are still stuck there and, and you, you want to live with that story open, if you still want to talk about it, then that's your choice. You're like, God's not going to come and zap you or anything like that. But if you want to get well, Jesus is saying, I died on the cross for you. The Holy Spirit is here to strengthen you and to be able to help you to take those thoughts captive. It's just one part of the journey, but let me tell you, it's a really big part. Now, I just want, I just sort of feel that we need to respond. Just respond for you. If you were saying this morning, Jesus, I want to become well. For many in the room, you may already be well. But this morning, if you, can, if you just sense that that is something you want to respond to, I want to become well. Yes, Jesus, I want to partner with you. I want to partner with the Holy Spirit. I want to be well. I just want to pray with you. That's all. Would you stand? Don't look around. Just... Lord, I thank you that you have given us everything that we need to live a life of overcoming. Lord, the power that raised you from the dead is alive in us. And Lord, I pray that as we read your word, as we spend time in your presence, as we meditate, God, I pray across this room, Lord, that there would be aha moments about the individual situations. I pray that the grace of the Holy Spirit would strengthen them and give them all that they need. Lord, for those that are weary, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would help them. God, I pray that your promises would come alive and that, Lord, this coming year would be a year, Lord, where the shackles would, would be loosened on people's lives and that there would be dancing in the house of God, there would be dancing in people's residences, God, because of the freedom that, that they are feeling because you are making them well. We thank you for that and give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.